Hey, Jack, what time is the game this weekend? Ooh, I don't know. I don't have a watch. You don't, you say? I don't. I know where you can get one. That is at LaTerrain.com. They have some of the best watches out there. Really? Yeah, and if you put O-T-O-P in the discount code, you can get 10% off. 10%? Yeah. For a watch? Exactly. That's a lot of dough. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. That's LaTerrain.com. I'm Cole Tracy, former LSU kicker. You're listening to One Team, One Podcast. This is a Bandit Radio production. One rib. One rib. I sure am hungry. We showed you what the goat was last year when we beat y'all 50 to 7. Relax, big boy. What's up, guys? Matt and Jack back. It feels like it's been forever, right, Jack? Yeah. So I mean, episode only, 40 we've only been doing one a week with no uh, no coffee and donuts. Yeah, no, it it just doesn't feel right. No. Uh, episode forty four. Who's your forty four? Forty four. Uh, Tory Carter. Um, J C Copeland. J C Copeland. That was mm-hmm. mine. Damn it, Popeye. Give it a Popeye. Oh I always man. Used to say that at the goal line, and then we did it against Bam, and he fumbled. I need to get J.C. Copeland on the podcast. Oh, I'm so down. Oh, Robert Tyler. Robert Tyler, big fan of ours. Robert Tyler. Yeah, Robert Tyler, another fullback back in the day. Um, Big fullback number. Uh, uh, J.D. Moore. All right, funny story about Robert Tyler. You've probably heard this in your lifetime since I'm your uncle. Uh, Robert Tyler made me retire from football. Uh, He was the current fullback on LSU's roster. Um, I'm working out. I was a guard in high school, but I was working out to be a fullback. I was like 5'11", 230 in high school. And I was like, I felt like I was primed to be a fullback in college. So I'm working out. I'm going to the rec center, me and Tim, our friend Tim. And he was, uh, we were working out on bench press and we were probably doing like 225, like six times, something like that. Yeah. Just like in a in a um, um, kind of like a, a warm up rep, so so to speak. Uh-huh. But uh, Robert Tyler comes in and sits like he's full LSU. I knew who he was, but just full out. He's got the forty four LSU gear on. He sits down at the bench right next to me. Yeah, um, puts two twenty five on just the same way that I put on, mm-hmm. and he starts just pumping it like. Mm-hmm. It was a complete warm up. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, this is the guy. Like, I know we're on the same team. And I get that we'd be on, on offense together. But in practice, I would have to go up against this guy Probably. in reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he would, we we may actually weigh close to the same. We may yeah. be like the same height and weight kind of oh. kind of setup. But he was but actually, he was more like 260. But he's like ripped. And he would just toss me across the yeah, room if right. he wanted it's a, to. It's a different type of weight. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so that ended my career. I was like, you know what? I'm done. He's made up of, of different types of body parts. So we told that story on another podcast, and it got back to Robert Tyler. 
And okay. we, we cut a clip of it and we sent it to Robert Tyler. Robert Tyler has shared it and uh-huh. like knows all about it. So now he's friends That's with great. me on Facebook. So it comes full circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a funny story. Yeah, I like that story. Okay, so let's talk about this weekend. Um, okay. there, do we have do we have breaking news? If you want to break, go ahead. I don't know if it's breaking news yet. Do we have any breaking news? Do we? I don't know. Breaking news. It's not breaking yet, but it there are saucy. There's a lot of sauces a out lot there. Of sauces. A lot. Everybody's got their sauces, mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> Everybody's got their sauces. Now, here's one thing that you can you can do with one team, one pocket. Hey, look, get get close to me. Get close to me. Get close to me. Tiger droppings is where we get all of our information. Yep. So um, trust first. assured. They're always first. You're gonna get the information straight from the source. Mm-hmm. Huh? Huh? Saucy. Yeah. So hey, I'm getting a little saucy here. I think. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a game this weekend. Just wait a couple more drinks. You're going to start calling yourself yeah. daddy. Hey, uh, if I start calling myself daddy, y'all need to tune in because mm-hmm. it's about to get about to get crazy up in here. <laughs> um, so sounds like everybody's got their uh, ear to the grindstone um, trying to hear if uh, Arkansas is going to be depleted right. in COVID. Now, one thing so they won't have Sam Pittman. Is he is he out out for the game? He was out last week. Yeah, but I don't think he's out for this game. Is he not? No. I thought it – I just figured two no, weeks. I, I don't think he's out he for this game. He would still be out? No. Now, I think what they're dealing with is contact tracing and how many guys are they going to have available. Yeah. Now, one thing I can tell is it, – it, and full disclosure, guys, I um, it was not big on LSU in this game at all. Um, yeah. I've been Debbie Downer for quite a few weeks now in a yeah. row. But I don't think that LSU. Um, if well, it we've was had we've had uh, three weeks to lay in our our piss bed uh, that was the Auburn game. Sure. So yeah, we that hasn't been great. We gave up four weeks ago, guys. <laughs> yeah. El, I mean, the LSU team, LSU team gave up four weeks ago. So now they're they're all of a sudden they're having these uh, these meetings and mm-hmm. um, you know we're gonna get everybody back. It's too late, bro. It's too late. In my opinion, it's too late. Eh, now, if, if Arkansas has got players out and stuff like that that we don't know about, and then all of a sudden the Vegas line switches, yeah, that tells me a little bit more to the situation than Went anything else. Went from Arkansas else. minus three to LSU minus two. Two and a half is two what I've seen. Two and a half now. Jesus. Yeah, two and, and a half. Um, so that's a big switch, and it tells me that somebody at Vegas knows that somebody is out that doesn't need to be out. Mm-hmm. So – Vegas ultimately has all the sauces. Saucy. Um, yeah, but otherwise, I, I, I wasn't big on this game at all for LSU. 11 o'clock in Fayetteville, like, yeah. Felipe Franks wanting to beat us bad. Like, yeah. Like, the Felipe, I don't think anybody's really talked about that, but Felipe Franks does not care for LSU. Um, it's a lot to do with when he left and all the bad mouthing of Felipe Franks and uh-huh. whatever that is. It doesn't yeah, really matter, sure. but he's going to be motivated to play LSU is what I mean. Sure. Um, Arkansas is, you want to talk about like who, who was it that posted the, uh, the other day? It was a national writer about, they should have just said it 
Um, they said last year it was like a 44 point spread and now it's a two point spread the other way. Mm-hmm. And that was before the switch. Sure. But can we just talk about the trajectories of the programs where Arkansas has got all this juice and momentum and I know they're still not good. Still not, still not sold on the trajectory of LSU. And this I am. Is a, this is a, this is pointing to the trajectory. Like this isn't going to be every year. This is just going to be this year, and then next year we're going to be fine. <laughs> you hope so, man. I I don't know. We, it, we're going to fire Bo Pelini at the end of the year, and our defense is going to get it right. It's just that's what's going to happen. Hmm. And we're going to have we're going to have better players next year too. We're going to have more experienced players. We're very young this year. I'm worried about a lot of the other stuff, and I'm not. Uh, I'm typically not so general about, like, critiquing and stuff like that, but, like, the um, like LSU culture right now is not very good. The PR is a disaster around sure. LSU. Um, and I think I said this somewhere else, but, like, if, if, if we were 4-1, and 5-0 and oh at – right now i think it would still be really bad look for the program but when you're two and three and you have guys who look like they've given up on the season it looks real bad real Mm -hmm. bad um so do you think that like lsu just flips the switch next year and they're fine because it's not covid or yeah hmm. i do um i just i i don't see this defense being bad next year i just don't it's just we're gonna have better players. Hmm. Just point blank. So you're you're talking about freshmen coming in, just starting. Well, the guys that are freshmen right now will be sophomores, and like those freshmen that are they're studs as freshmen, they'll be even better as sophomores. A lot of them. I mean, Elias Ricks is already a stud. He's only gonna get better. Sure. Jaquel and Roy is eventually gonna be a stud. Jacoby and Guillory is eventually gonna be a stud. The D line's gonna be a lot better next year, I think. And so you're saying that Bo Pelini's definitely fired. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at this point, unless something unforeseen happens and this defense completely turns it around this week and continues to turn it around for the rest Do of the season. Do you want them to? There's a hypothetical. Yeah. Sure. You would like them to, but that's I sa- would love for the defense to play well. But then it saves the Bo the Pelini's job. Sure. Okay. Sure. I, if if he earns if he earns the job by the end of the year, then sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. I kind of look at it the same way as like remember 2016. We started two and two, fired less miles. Coach O came in. We had eight games left, or I guess it ended up being seven because uh game got canceled. Um, and we went, I think we went six and two the rest of the year, including the bowl game. Mm-hmm. It's a similar situation, except you have you have all the best games left on your schedule now, which is tough. Uh, you so play, play three top five teams in a row or something. Let's bring in one to the conversation here. We're going to bring in Derry Beckwith, um, former LSU linebacker. We had him on a few weeks ago, and I I would first I'm really, repeat guest. Yeah, and I'm very interested in talking to Derry about the defense first of all, but not only that, but like the state of the program because I yep. think that's a big issue right now, it, at least for me, and I know it is for other LSU fans. Okay. Um, I'm I'm a pessimist. pessimist pessimistic guy mm-hmm. at heart anyway so um we'll bring dairy back within into the courtesy automotive group studio
Hey, Dare, you there? Hey, yes, sir. I'm there. I'm trying to turn my video on. There we go. No worries. Y'all doing okay today? We're yes, doing sir. good, man. Let's see. Uh, we may want to flip you that want me, phone you want to switch around. around. Yeah, there you Is go. It fine? Yeah, flip it around for us. I think. Actually, maybe I have a way to do that. I probably do. Yeah, that's good. Um, it's so, good. Okay. Yeah, we're do, we'll keep that way. All right, okay. Derry. We we kind of got right into it, and what we've been talking about, and just so you know, I'm the more pessimistic. Uh, guy on this podcast um, okay Jack is the more optimist um, but you know I've seen I've seen bad football in my lifetime um, 90s 80s all that and I'm I'm more pessimistic at nature especially when it comes to, to LSU football uh, even though we've seen fantastic years in the last you know 15 years um, so our first questions are about the defense. Okay. And, you know, what are you seeing? Because I think the last time we talked, we, we, we kind of felt like Mississippi State was an anomaly. Uh, we were going to kind of get back to it. And I think it was before the M Missouri game was when we talked. Yeah. And uh, like it felt like everything was better after Vanderbilt. And I was very confident and then straight down again. Um, so what, what are you seeing, you know, that's, I guess – you know, we all see the confusion, but is there something that you're seeing that's probably a little bit more detailed than, than the average LSU football fan right now? I think when it gets to this point and the way that they're struggling, I believe it's a trust issue within the locker room. Mm. As far as the players are not trusting the coaches and the coaches are not trusting the players. And also the players are not trusting each other. Right. Um, they're not trusting that the man next to them is going to be there for them. Yep. For instance, against, against Auburn, people may look at me crazy when I say this, but I thought defensively, that was the best first half our defense had played sure. all year. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that, that, was a, that was a great first half. And so you would think, you know, going to the second half, that would give you some type of momentum. Mm -hmm. And then Auburn comes out, drives the ball almost 90-plus yards and scores a touchdown to open up the third quarter. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, where is the intensity? Where is the fire? Mm -hmm. Where is the passion? And these guys lack that. They lack passion. They lack intensity. And from what I'm seeing, it almost seems like they do not want to be out there because all the chatter that they've been hearing, all the noise that they've been hearing, for them to play well in the first half against Auburn, I still didn't see any excitement. I still didn't see any enthusiasm for them the way they played in the first half against Auburn. So I think it's, it's something internal, and I believe it has to get fixed. Don't know if it can get fixed this year. Um, if they can salvage that, um, but they have to get that cleaned up and get it cleaned up right now. Yeah. yeah. So one of the it things sounds a lot like uh, what Urban Meyer was saying earlier. Oh, last for week. sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm sure you caught that, huh, Derry, where Urban Meyer said there was a few a few things that he's seen uh, in the past, and this is a couple of things that typically are problems: is either you don't trust the coaching staff, the trusting staff, coaching staff doesn't trust what you're doing. Um, or there's selfish players or and it was a few different a few different uh, criterias and he kind of hit the mm -hmm. nail on the head it's probably a all of the above kind of situation um, but you know it was interesting in the Auburn game you know I think we were texting about this Jack that in the first half when we we're making all these stops you just felt like the offense had to, had to capitalize because that wasn't it just wasn't gonna last right like 
it wasn't it wasn't you weren't going to be able to keep that up the entire time uh and it, at some point it felt like the floodgates were going to open and if you weren't up 14 nothing at the time it, it was it was just going to go downhill so are you seeing that like when things get bad it's just there's no response out of the guys yeah exactly they have no response they have no wherewithal to fight back and get back into the game um like you said if you're not if our offense is not producing or right. not moving the ball from a defensive standpoint, I think those guys in their mind, well, we're not going to score any points. Why are we out here? Why are we trying to, to stop the opposing team? And that's uh, totally against the norm. That's totally against what a defense is supposed to do. And it doesn't matter if, if the offense is not scoring. It doesn't matter if the offense is not driving the football. Your singular job as a defensive unit is to keep the other team from scoring. That's your job. And I don't think those guys realize that. Now, we can blame it on a bunch of stuff. We can blame it on the practice, practices. We can blame it on COVID. We can even bring, uh, blame it on the youth that their defense have. But at the end of the day, like I said earlier on the podcast, that you have to play with effort. And these guys are not playing with effort. They're not playing with a sense of pride. They're not playing with pride to wear the LSU jersey on their back. And they're not respecting, I think, uh, past players who, who came there, who built that foundation – that this is the way that you need to wait, that you need to play LSU defense, right? right. And I'm getting upset. Like I, I, I just can't I see take that. it. I, I, I see I, that. I, I can I cannot take it against Auburn. Uh, it was upsetting. It was frustrating. Uh, just because I know uh, the past players, even guys before me, like I respected the Brady James, I respected the Ryan Clark, I respected right. the Trail Fox. When I put that jersey on, no matter what, I was going to go out there and, and, and give and give my best. Like you would have to cut my leg off for me not to play. Now, sometimes it didn't work out too well. I may have came back too quick from injury. But in my mind, that's the way that you're supposed to play LSU defense. Yeah. And statistically and historically, uh, for the past few years, over 10 years, we have been a dominant defense. So those guys have to get back to that and, and put their pride and their selfish ways aside. Right. How much of that do you blame on uh, that mentality? Do you blame on coaching a little bit? I think it's both ways. Mm-hmm. I do believe uh, this generation of kids are, are – a little bit different than when we were coming up. Um, I, I can remember my recruiting class the year before me, uh, you had early dude set, you had Glenn Dorsey, you had these big name players, right? These guys didn't take many official visits. Once they committed to LSU, that was it. They were going to LSU. They weren't going anywhere else. But now this day and age, with, with and it's great, you know, with the media and the publicity that these guys are getting in high school is unmatched. And so now from a university standpoint, when you're recruiting pitch and you're selling pitches, look, this is uh, NFL LSU. Those guys, you have to get the right players that have the right mentality because when you promote that, when you promote that you're going to the NFL, mm-hmm. guess what? When you step on foot, step foot on campus, what you're going to be thinking about? Going to the NFL. You're not right. going to be thinking about developing as a team and getting better and winning a championship. Now, it just so happened that they had the right nucleus and the right core last year to, to do that. But those guys are gone. So you have an influx of youth, youthful players coming in that, that hasn't experienced that culture. So you have to kind of balance that line and let them know, look, you're, you're coming in to compete. You're coming in to win a championship. And when you do that, everything else will fall in place. That's why people like Clemson and Alabama sustain success because those guys are competing for championships and everything else will take care of itself. Sure. Now, do you feel like there's any kind of like scheme issue as far as the transition from the 3-4 to 4-3? That you know, I, I think that's been a lot of the talk. Um, maybe they 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 switched it too too quickly, and there there wasn't a, a big enough transition in the two schemes. 
I don't believe it's a scheme issue. I think it's just a want-to issue. Mm. Like I said, you, you brought up earlier about uh, being selfish. Guys, they're, they're doing things that you learn in peewee football as far as having outside contained. Uh, for instance, the first play of the South Carolina game, they ran a jet sweep. Nobody outside contained. Uh, you have defensive ends crashing down on a reach block, which is stuff that you, that you don't yeah. do in middle school football. Like these things that, that you learn, but what's happening is, in their mind, individually, they're trying to make the big play. Individually, they're trying to do uh, uh, make the big splash play and, and, and get recognition. And it doesn't work like that. I, I played in both Bellini's defense. I played. I, I had instances where my job was to take on the center and the guard so Ali Highsmith can wrap around and make the sack. That's what they have to get get back to and realize and play with play with play within the scheme, play within the system. Because uh, if not, if they continue doing doing things that that they're doing, you're going to see the same results. Right. So you were on that 2008 team, right? Right. <laughs> right. Um, and y'all didn't maybe play as good a defense as y'all had hoped to. Uh, y'all had lost Bo Pelini, and y'all were – that was the year we had two defensive coordinators? Yeah, right? we had uh, Pivato and Mallory, right? Right. Um, right. So how, how much do you think this compares to that year? And uh, y'all finished that year. I think y'all only let Georgia Tech score three points. So how do you think that kind of relates to this? I think I think it's similar um, in an instance um, as far as what they're going through right now with with the new coach. Now for us, obviously we had two defensive coordinators, so you had two different personalities. Mm-hmm. And then for on, for my year, I think it was a little bit tough because we knew we had a a championship caliber quarterback coming back in Ryan Perilou, right. so we knew we had opportunity to to compete. And so the week before uh, a spring ball, when he got kicked out of the team, that was a bombshell. Let's talk about that. Take- Let's just talk about <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. Go, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, so that, that, that was a bombshell. Nothing against Jerry Lee, but, I mean, he was a redshirt freshman that was sure. asked to do a lot. Um, but I can remember that particular year when we, when we got ready to play Georgia Tech and the whole, the whole month – up to preparation to play for them, people were going to say they're going to run the ball on us because they were dominant with the triple option. Jonathan Dwyer was ACC player of the year. And so I remember we had a team meeting that night, all the seniors uh, with the coaches and everybody involved, and we just talked about how we did not like the way the season is going, and we're just not going to go out with the loss. Mm-hmm. And we came out dominated, and I don't think those guys got past the 50-yard line. Right. So it's a sense of pride that these guys have to have to dig deep and realize what they're playing for. Do you, do you have any uh, resemblance to that, to maybe the team meeting that Terrace Marshall may have had with the team this week? I'm actually absolutely uh, ecstatic that he, that he did that. I'm so glad that he had a team meeting because uh, players, I mean, coaches can talk to players all day long. Mm-hmm. It's just like like parents, like when a parent tries to talk to their kids and it's just not getting through, right. but when somebody else talks to them and may get through, I think um, for what Terrence Marshall did uh, to talk to his teammates, hopefully what he said uh, would get through to his team because they're going to listen. You know why they're going to listen? Because this guy has showed up for every single game. So it's not one game that he hasn't showed up for. So they're going to listen to a guy like that uh, who's giving his all day in and day out. So hopefully that resonates within that football team where we can come out against Arkansas. And I'm not even guaranteeing a victory. But just play sound football. Like, yeah. play, just play good football just to give us some hope um, that the future is bright for LSU. Do you feel like it was a good thing for the team to actually have Alabama postponed? Uh, absolutely not. Um, I don't think they're, they're going to beat Alabama either way. That's just this is my opinion. 
Um, I think that uh, they, with it being postponed, um, obviously you have more time to to prepare, but you still have these other teams that you have to prepare for. So not only, I haven't seen you get better yet. I haven't seen LSU get better yet. Mm. But guess what? Alabama is continuing to get better. So playing them at the end of the year, I don't know if that suits well uh, for LSU. I, I think a game like if they would have played on that Saturday, maybe LSU could have caught them off guard a little bit. Mm. Um, but if you're giving Alabama the opportunity to prepare and get better, I, I don't think it suits well for LSU, especially the way we have been playing. So, all right. <clears throat> and for the last couple of weeks, since especially since the Auburn game, I've been the guy who's like, okay, I think about it in the business world. <clears throat> you have employees. Um, the employees don't respect you. The employees aren't aren't working for you. They're talking about you behind your back. They're um, they're they're kind of checked out. They they don't feel like they really. It, it doesn't feel like they they care about the place that we work in. Um, as a as a manager, I probably would be looked at as a, in a negative light you know, and it may not keep my job. That's kind of the parallel that I've been looking at with like a Bo Pelini and even a Ed Ogeron at this point, as you're not, you're not getting these guys to work, to work with you. There's, there's an obvious disconnect and, and it, it really, I don't care what the disconnect is, but it's your job to make sure that that doesn't happen and you don't lose the team. Um, what do you feel about that? I know you've you've uh, played under Pelini before. I'm sure you have a, a, an admiration for Bo Pelini. Um, how do you feel about the um, potential for Bo Pelini to possibly lose his job over this kind of year that we're having right now? And what what are your thoughts on like if he should or what what should be the differences here? Well, I believe uh, two things. I think uh, the defense had a culture shock. Uh, for one, you go from David Randa, who is you very mentioned this before, and we've mentioned it before after <laughs> after, and I think it's a great example of uh, the differences for these kids. Yes, it's, it's a culture shock. David Randa is, is soft spoken. Um, if he walks in a room, he's not going to light a room up. If that makes sense, um, sure. he's strictly just about football. He's strictly about X's and O's. Then you go from a guy like Bocolini, who's going to be a, his intensity is ramped up a thousand more times than Dave Aranda. Mm-hmm. Um, his, um, I'm not saying that uh, Aranda didn't hold those guys accountable, but Pelina is going to tell you why you messed up and you need to get better. And this is what you do need. To, this is what you need to do to fix it. Um, so I think that's what Elza, Elza Kodashak, uh, for the, for those guys that go from Dave Aranda to um, coach Pelini, even with the freshness that, that's coming in because Aranda may have been there recruiting those guys as well. So mm-hmm. it's just a different personality. Now, as far as getting the players uh, prepared for the game, um, obviously, yes, that does fall. I think it falls on the coaches and the players. Now, who's going to take most of the blame? The coaches, and, and rightfully so. And like you said, if you have a, a Fortune 500 company and they're not performing well, who's going to take the fall? The, the president and, and the CEO. So in this instance, with Coach Pellini, um, I think if he does, if you don't see any improvement right now, if you don't see anything, uh, if these guys come out flat and still continue to play the way that they are going to play, um, obviously, he's going to be the one um, that's going to be left out to dry and, and possibly looking for another job next year. Mm-hmm. Now, if some kind of way, if they turn it around and, and play better, it's a possibility that he can that he can keep his job. 
Um, but like you said, if if they don't improve and we don't see anything, and they're still doing the same thing. That means that the kids are not buying in uh, to what he's trying to preach and what he's trying to execute, and it would just be time to move on. Right now, <clears throat> that kind of brings us to the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, Derry, which was it's basically the the state of the program right now. And we had just mentioned before you came on, uh, there was somebody, it was a national sports writer that, that made the analogy of, okay, so last year LSU was a 44 point favorite against Arkansas. And at the time that he tweeted this, LSU was a two point underdog to Arkansas. And, Mm -hmm. What I looked at was the trajectory of the two programs going in two different two different places. Um, and we're coming off the greatest year ever, but obviously this is a, a steep decline, and Arkansas has actually got a little juice and a little momentum, and we've seen them play a few times this year. And they, <laughs> One thing is they, don't, they do play hard. Uh, they may not have the athletes and the players, but they do play hard. Um, and just to show the two, the two disparities, the disparities of the two programs, was interesting to me, and to kind of see what is your opinion of the state of the program right now, and is it something that can just be snapped a finger to to get to right the ship next year? Because obviously we we can kind of see the writing on the wall for twenty twenty, might not be a a very good outcome here but 2021 we, we still have aspirations are we going to be able to still stay up at that same level that we were at um what are your thoughts on that i think the state of the program is actually still in a good position uh, we still have a top five recruiting class right the year the year that we're having and we're still able to get these, these recruits is is admirable of, of what coach o is able to do to real recruits in now the key is when we get these guys how do we, when we get them in the program, how do we tell them uh, this past year is not the way L2 football is supposed to be played? That's, that's the challenge to, mm-hmm. to constantly shift their mindset. Look, 2020 is not how we play football. So I don't think the Sailor program is, is in a bad shape. One thing about Coach Ogeron, even when he was at Ole Miss and they weren't successful, he still recruited. So he's always going to recruit and, and get the best players. So when you get the best players, you always put yourself in a position to be successful. But uh, with a year like this, it's imperative and, and it's so key that these guys do not come into a toxic environment. This environment has to be changed right now. So when these new new guys come in, um, like the Sage Ryans and, and the other guy that they got, uh, the other states that they got not too yeah, long ago, when right. these guys come in, uh, th- this environment has to be changed because if they come into this toxic toxic environment and nothing changed, then you would start to see a down a down a downward turn. Um, in this program, so it has to be fixed, and they have to know these incoming freshmen have to know this is not LSU football, and this is not the LSU way. So, and and the last part of that is there's been a lot of bad publicity about LSU uh, athletics and football in the last couple of weeks. It's it feels like actually every week that we we're about to play something else happens and something else comes out. Do you feel like that stuff is is becoming a big distraction right now? Um, maybe even from the, the start of the season, um, you know, and I can name examples, but like Ed, Ed Ozron has a book coming out and it's the week of, I forget which game. And there is a picture that gets leaked out. And then there's mm-hmm. a, um, now there's the USA today report that comes out. Um, 
there's Coy Moore has stuff that happens to him. You know, right. there, there it feels like there's so many things and it's it's so much. And, you know, I, I said this a second ago, too, before you came on. I think it would be heavy for a team that was um, four and one, five and oh right now. But it's really heavy when it's two and three and you already got guys that have checked out. Um, what do you think about that and like the distractions? Is it, is it becoming a little too much right now? I do believe it's a, it is a distraction. I mean, human nature, you're going to be distracted. But they have they have two options um, as players. Even as coaches, the whole program, from the coaches, the administrators, the university, and the players, they have, they have a couple options. Um, they can allow these distractions to basically detach them for everything that they work for, everything that they, that they built the LSU Foundation on, or they can take these distractions and turn it into something great. Um, you know, the, the saying goes, um, I may be paraphrasing, but when, you, when when tough time comes, that means something good is about to happen. And so you can't take these times as, oh, man, this is just a terrible year. Like, uh, we, we can't, we, we, this, is not, this is not the way LSU is supposed to play. Like, what are we going to do? All this stuff is going on. No, what are you going to do about it? Right. Uh, what, uh, why, are all, why are all these things happening? Um, so if these things are happening, you have to look yourself in the mirror and realize what is it that these situations are trying to tell us as a program. Right. Don't look at don't look at it as a negative. Look at it as a positive. It's something. All these distractions, everything that's going on. What is it trying to tell us as a program? And once we figure that out, we can we can take this and, and move it forward. Because it's something as a program that these things are trying to tell them where they can use for next year and, and put them in a better position and, and have sustained sustained success like the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world, because that's where they're trying to go through. Every year you want to talk about LSU uh, competing for a championship, and I think that's the level that they need to get to. So, all right, um, a couple of things I wanted to ask you. So, first of all, do you have a prediction for the game this weekend, if we have a game, uh, that is? If we, if we have a game, <laughs> I, I did do uh, have a prediction. Um, now my, my heart, um, is still going to pull yeah, for don't, um, don't, don't take, my, my take the purple and gold right. out of your heart and I give know. us the prediction. I, or uh, you could do what I was thinking about doing, which was if LSU has to win, what, what was the prediction? And then if, okay. and if whatever, then you can do your other prediction. Okay. <laughs> if LSU, if LSU has to win, uh, I do believe they can, they had to score 34 points to win. So I'm thinking 34 okay. to 34 to 27 if they, okay. if they have to win. Um, if they if they lose, I'm thinking anywhere between uh, 20, 28 to 10. Uh, the reason I, I say that because in Arkansas, you know, defense is pretty good. They've got, those guys play hard. Yeah. And they play a, a, zone, a zone coverage where they keep everything in front of you and they tackle well. Um, so the way our defense is playing is if they score points and our offense is not scoring, I, I, just, don't, I don't see well, it. And um, Barry Odom's winning. been getting a lot of pub over there. Uh, we've talked to a couple of Missouri podcasts who hate Barry Odom uh, because he <laughs> coached there, but uh, and they they can't believe that he's getting so much hype. But uh, he's he's coached pretty well for Arkansas. I I think that Sam Pittman hire was a great hire for them. Uh, it just gave them that like toughness that they feel like they needed. Mm -hmm. uh, they hadn't had that in, yeah. in several years. That's, that's the Arkansas identity, really. It should be. It. I mean, that's a uh, that's an area where I mean that. When I was young, I mean, they were running wishbone and that kind of stuff. That was a tough, tough team. Like I know the Brett Bielema project didn't really end up working out, but that was the that's the identity. Houston Nut, Brett Bielema, yeah, exactly. yeah, that that kind of mold. What exactly. what are some uh, Arkansas memories that you have, Derry? 
Well, one Arkansas memory I have is uh, damning Fatten. Uh, oh, about, I'm about to say, it better be that line. memory. So that, yeah, yeah, so that, that's a bad memory. Uh, so <laughs> I forgot about my that. Sophomore year. Uh, another memory is when he went uh, 85 yards up the middle. So, so we won that game, and then, then the next year. Trenton Holiday was right after, right? Trenton Holiday. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Trenton right, Holiday, right. There you go. And so we, we had some had some memories that I think the years had McFadden. Uh, Jones and Peyton Hillis we went to Dover, double oh overtime. And so uh, those teams back then, one thing like you guys said, those guys, they played hard and they're physical, and their old linemen were extremely physical as well. And those guys are big and athletic. And so that's the Arkansas that, that we know that, that it wasn't a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they may not have had the athletes that every SEC team had, right. those guys want to play sound football. And I think that's what they're getting back to right now. Uh, it definitely looks like that. And I think th- I think you hit the nail on the head with the offensive linemen. Um, they, can, they can recruit that at a local level there. Uh, it's similar to Nebraska back in the day. Like they could, lo- they could get like a ton of, of linemen um, that everybody else didn't ever have a shot at because they were just local guys who just were born and raised and bred to play for Arkansas or Nebraska. Right. Like once they get that wrapped up, I mean, you can get a couple of guys here and there, maybe from Florida, from Texas, mm-hmm. wherever you need to, to, to be at. And yeah, I, I think they, it sounds like they had some, a couple of guys on the roster, but Felipe Franks, that's like the biggest surprise to me yeah. this whole year is that Felipe Franks is like the composed quarterback of the league. It's right. just it's such a, a transition from where he was at Florida to where he is now. Uh, that that speaks a lot to the Kendall Bryles over sure. there, right? Yeah. Oh man, I love Kendall Bryles, man. So, I, I, have you been watching them at all? What do you think about Felipe? Well, like I said, I think uh, the environment, um, a change of environment, is good for some players. Um, and look, Dan Mullen is a, is, is a great coach, mm-hmm. um, but I think obviously you see what Kyle Trask is doing now. That tra- Kyle sure. Trask was a, was a way much better option. I think a change of scenery for Felipe Franks, and then a guy like that who's trans who transferred has a chip on his shoulder, so he wants to go out and and salvage uh, the little bit of college career that he does have. And so when you have a guy like that, he's going to put his best foot forward and make sure that you know when he leaves college, when he leaves um, college football, what mark and what stamp is he going to leave? Sure. Are people going to remember the Felipe Franks from Florida, the highly recruited guy who couldn't re- never really give a hump? Are they going to remember a guy who who led Arkansas? who has been abysmal for the past two years to a bowl game and a possible bowl victory. So I think that's where he stands right now. Okay, so you think we're going to lose 28-10. to 10. You've already said it, um, Derry. I'm just kidding. Um, we'll, no, you we'll, know I get you both out. I, I know you, you did. I know you did. Uh, <laughs> all right, so give me the uh, Derry back with uh, foundation elevator speech. Go ahead and uh, give that to me now if you can. Yeah, so the day, <laughs> the day back in foundation, we target high school student athletes, mm-hmm. and our whole objective is to get high school athletes to realize that there is a different avenue besides sports and to be successful in. And we do that by having enrichment programs, tutoring, internships, and also volunteer work as well. Because okay. one day you have to hang up these pads, and when you hang those pads up, you have to realize what your identity is. Absolutely. So is there a website they can reach you at? Yes, that's DarryBeckwithFoundation.org. Again, it's DarryBeckwithFoundation.org. Go check it out and visit it. Um, also, we are doing a toy drive on uh, December the 16th okay. um, at Gardeer Community Christian School. Oh, yes, so that's right get, down the street yeah, from me. Yeah, yeah perfect. Exactly. If you want to get involved, um, it's 20 bucks to fill a backpack. Uh, they can go to DarryBeckwithFoundation.org uh, forward slash uh, donate. 
Um, this is our second annual drive. Last year, we went to uh, EBR Readiness School. Okay. We filled over 45 backpacks for those for those students. So now we're trying to ramp it up a little bit. I think it's uh, they have over 84 students from K through fifth at Gardner Community Christian. So we're trying to trying to do our part, man, and um, and keep this thing going. Awesome, man. Uh, we'll post the uh, the foundation website on there too, so they Perfect. can get everything on there. We appreciate it, man. We're gonna stay in touch with you. You're. Dude, you got such a wealth of knowledge, man. I we love we love Perfect. reaching out to you, um, and hopefully it's not twenty eight to ten. Hopefully it's thirty four to twenty seven, and we have something positive to talk about. Okay. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> thank, thank, I know, man. I hope we do that. Great to right. I appreciate you guys all the time for having me. Thank you so much. All right, thank Derek. You, talk to you soon, man. All right. All right. Have a good. One. All right. You too. All right. All right, that's Derry Beckwith. I have a dog going crazy in the background. Um, <laughs> man, dude, he is so good. Yeah. Uh, it's he, perfect to have him on talk defense. Absolutely. Just, he just he knows everything about the 4-3. Yeah, and he definitely knows everything about um, about Bo Pelini and yeah. that scheme for sure. Right. Um, I, you know, he, he started talking some sense into me because I think you've been trying for a few weeks now. Right. Um, He's a little smarter than I am. Well, and he's talking a lot about player responsibility more mm -hmm. than coach responsibility. I, I and, and I think we both agreed it's, it's on. It's interesting how the the former players tend to point at the players, and the sure. fans tend to point at the coaches. Yeah, and I think we both agree though, and I, him as well, that like it's ultimately the coach's responsibility. Sure. Um, so yes, if somebody's going to take the hit, it's going to be both uh -huh. Blaney and and that's it's kind of goes with the, the ball game but the yeah the player responsibility have pride um understand that everything is going to go on tape and yeah. that you're you're playing for a future job uh yeah. at all times right uh you start showing some bad tape and it's not going to be good for you in your right. future um, I think that has a lot to do with this too. I I, I kind of I, I agree with him there. You know something that makes me feel a little bit better about the defense is minor, but uh, and I think a lot of people have probably been expecting this since the Auburn game. But Micah Baskerville is is now the starter at linebacker over Damone Clark. Sure. Um, I like that a lot. I I mean I love Damone Clark, but I just he's just not a middle linebacker. Right. Um, and I was actually I was watching some Damone Clark earlier today from last year and he's just he's so good rushing the passer i don't know how we're not getting him in those situations he was on that you remember how we had the green team sure and that was the that's, that's the guys that go in on pass rush downs he was on that like why are, why are we not getting him rushing the pass well and i should have asked him too about i mean he was on this team the 2007 uh that the the clip that i had played about the alabama game where uh, Chad Jones rushed through the line, oh, yeah. and that was a huge blitz. Yeah, um, you know, you were not seeing those blitzes. I should have asked Derry about yeah. that. Actually, Chad Jones retweeted us today, by the way. So. Yeah, he did. That was awesome. That was pretty good. Just a little, I, I, I little thoroughly flex. enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's some of that too that I'm yeah. still not. You know, are these guys checked out that that much mentally that they can't do a all out blitz? because of what's behind them or like what's going on like don't you just feel like more blitzing would maybe get the players more hyped i, I would mean, think players, so i think be players, aggressive i think players love just being you aggressive know, and going to get after the quarterback i've said this before and then somebody re, re 
you know, retorts with, oh, well, you didn't see what happened against Mississippi State where we well, blitzed and, like, we gave up 623 about, yards. I, actually, I almost brought this up. But you think about that Mississippi State game, and sure, we gave up a ton of points and a ass load of yards, but it never felt like we quit in the game because we kept getting – we had, I mean, we had four turnovers. So, like – Yeah, Mississippi State wasn't very good. And That's I mean, sure, one of the reasons Mississippi why. State sucks. But, um, but, I mean, we just – we kept forcing turnovers. We kept making big plays. We also gave up big plays, but we were making big plays, and the defense never really felt like it gave up. Until right. maybe the very, very end. That was the strangest game I've ever seen. <laughs> Statistically, Absolutely. it's the, the weirdest like a, game I've ever seen in my life. I felt like a psychopath watching that game. Like a complete um, psychopath. So, all right. That, I pre- we appreciate Derry Beckwith. We love having him on the Courtesy Automotive Group studio. Uh, courtesy Automotive Group, guys. Uh, give it's uh, And did you see? it's? Uh, we've always been saying Brandon Lejeune. Um, yeah. It's Lejeune. Lejeune. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna send that to him and see if he if it if I even said that right. Brandon Lejean. Lejean. Um So courtesy Automotive Group, courtesy okay. Buick GMC and Lafayette, forty seven fifty Johnson Street. Uh, Brandon has always got his hit list going on, guys. Um, so hit hit him up. Uh, he's got deals. He's got enclaves. He's got uh, Denali Yukons. He's got uh, GMC Sierras. Um, he's got 2021s rolling in and out right now. So, and they're going to have the Hummer coming out too soon. So you need to hit them up. You need to get a, um, you need to get a pre-order with Brandon soon, but always ask him about his hit list and also ask him about LSU basketball. Yeah. You, you've been under a rock. He would love to talk to you about LSU basketball. He would love to talk. He's been giving us his. Uh, I message him once a day about LSU basketball. Do you really? Not message uh, on the on, on the, the Facebook, Facebook group. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's got a wealth of knowledge on the roster coming up this year. We're both really really excited about that. Um, so hit up Brandon Lejeune, courtesy Buick GMC, proud sponsors of One Team One Podcast. Also, Adam Barry, Bear Process Safety. Um, talked to Adam uh, last week. We're going to be doing our. Um, our uh, home dogs podcast so check that out on friday nights uh we'll have all of our picks for saturday um we've been doing pretty good with that actually so mm. um not it's not every week we we have life that ha- happens on friday nights so it doesn't happen all the time but uh the big orange bear bear process <laughs> safety um he's been a good a good sponsor of our podcast he's also a sponsor of um since we're on the subject so Big, uh, big shout out to him. Nice. All right. So, do you want to get into speaking of uh, Friday nights and big orange bears? Uh, Catholic High, mm. the past two weeks has just been unbelievable. <laughs> so, yeah. So, tell us what happened. So, two weeks ago, they had a game canceled, and just the week of, they scheduled a game at Ruston. Yeah. Uh, number five team in the state. Uh, they go there. They beat them. I think forty-eight to forty-two, something like that. Uh, just wild game. And then this past week, they had another game canceled. I can't remember against who. Uh, I think Dutchtown. Right. And they just snap of a finger on like Tuesday or Wednesday, schedule a game against Acadiana, number one team in the state. Uh, our guy Landon O'Connor, he gets injured early. So they have a true freshman, uh, or I guess everyone's true because there's no redshirting in high school. But uh, freshman quarterback <laughs> comes in uh, is uh, something Beal. Uh, yeah, I saw Kevin, that. Yeah, he comes in. Uh, 
I think he throws a game-winning touchdown pass. They win 27 to 21. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now they're probably That top, was number one ranked Acadiana Rams. Number one team in the state, yeah. They hadn't give. Actually, I was talking to Landon O'Connor last week, and um, I was asking him about Acadiana's uh, defense and how they hadn't, uh, they hadn't given up more than 13 points in a game all season. I was like, how do you think you think y'all y'all top that? And he says, I think we'll top it in the first quarter. Ooh. They scored 14 points oh. in the first quarter. I was so hyped when I saw that. All right, so we got to get Landon O'Connor and yeah. uh, Coach Fertitta back on the podcast for sure. Uh, we'll do that soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's awesome. A Catholic High, we're official, uh, official podcast for Kerr Dog Football. Also, <laughs> I reached out to my alma mater, which oh, is yeah, yeah. High. Uh, now it's Liberty Magnet, mm-hmm. um, and I want to I want to talk to those guys soon. I want to get some merch because that nice. would that would make my heart happy. Uh-huh. Being from Lee, a Lehigh Do grad, you think they got any like throwaway Lehigh <laughs> gear? That's a good might. question. They might. Good question. I don't know. Um, they can't sell it anymore. All right. So chances that LSU plays this weekend. What do you got? I mean, I think we're gonna play. I saw. Um, Guy that we like to talk to was saying that he's got some sources saying that it could not happen, but um, Saucy. Uh, I, I saw another report that was saying that Arkansas is definitely going to be have enough players to play this game. So I don't know. That's conflicting stuff. I, I think we're going to play. Um, Shit is real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't know if we're going to play or not. Uh, I. I would have thought that it would already come out, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what I would have guessed. Today would have been the no-go no zone. If it would have been canceled, <laughs> I, I would have hoped it would have been canceled on Monday, and then we could have pushed that Ole Miss game up to this week. Right. Um, and then that would have helped. And then we could schedule the Bama game, and then we don't have to – if this game gets postponed, I yeah, I don't know what gets played. It just has to get canceled, I would guess. Or we play it the day after Christmas. Or something else gets canceled. True. Yeah. True. So I don't Alabama. know what I don't know what would get canceled, but <laughs> Alabama, probably. Um, Fingers crossed. So, all right. Do you want to? Um, let's get into some voicemails, guys. Yeah. It's time for some voicemails. Let's hear what you kids have to say. We had a couple of voicemails this week, guys. Uh, we're going to pull them up here for you soon. Um, got to reload this system here. <laughs> so we got uh, we got two calls. We got two calls. Two here. calls that we're going to play um, for you this week. One of them's coming from up in Wisconsin. Yeah. And then the other is uh, from right here in Baton Rouge. What's up, fellas? It's William Sherman. Hey, William. Long-time fan. First-time caller. Uh-huh. Uh, my score prediction for Arkansas is going to be 34-30. LSU takes it. All right. We take it late, though. Last second drive. I mean, last game-winning drive. And uh, next five games, uh, I want to say three and two, but I know that's not right. Three and two. Two and three. three. Two and three is also And uh, we showed uh, showed some signs of hope. Matt and Jack, hope you guys are doing well. <laughs> Appreciate you, William. Uh, see you guys soon. Yeah, for sure. William. Hey, William, let me know if you're uh, if you're going to be in town for Thanksgiving next week. All right, another another voicemail. Yeah, I got a message for you. This is Brick Wall Jesus. and all you soft-ass LSU fans who are going to quit on this team 
This team doesn't quit. You know why? Because they're fucking champions. Oh, champions oh, don't right. quit. Yikes. Champions don't back down to anybody. I heard you guys talking about Alabama and how you don't want to play Alabama. Yeah. Champions don't do that. You know why? Because they have a little thing called heart. I recognize this word. Guts. What? Guess you don't know anything about that, do you? So let me tell you what. If you don't have heart and guts, you don't want to play on this team, you can go carry your ass over to Alabama. <laughs> well, you will ultimately be very successful in life and on the field. Uh, yeah. But yeah. can't play here. Next time, they know what they're doing over there. And all you entitled five stars, go carry your ass somewhere else. I yeah. want a bunch of two-star Jacob Hesters on this team. Oh. And I'll take this team to a championship. Yeah, Shout out to Jacob Hester. Brick wall out. <laughs> Brick wall. Brick wall. Brick wall of the call, man. Jeez. Yeah, you're right. He you're, was you're, coming in hot. Yeah, he's actually. I agree with him. I I was pretty pissed off when Sage Ryan committed to us because you know he's just going to be a good for nothing, doesn't give a shit. Uh, we don't guy. need these five star yeah. entitled five star assholes. Right. I wanted um, I wanted the uh, the guy who's riding the bench for uh, for St. Thomas More, not the not the guy starting safety over there, in number true. one safety in the country. Right. We um, and uh, <laughs> brick wall. You'll probably be hearing more from brick wall. Coming up here soon. Um, sounds like he's going to be a friend of the podcast. All right. Um, all right. Do we want to talk about our scores for the game here, Jackie? Yeah, sure. You go, go first because I don't even know what I'm going to do yet. William actually said my score. It's 34-30 LSU. 34-30 LSU. Okay. Um, I Let me just tell you where I was at. I've, I've, I feel like I've come... We'll go rest of the season, too, after this. Okay, I've come full circle a little bit. Um, where I was earlier in the week... Right, I remember you, you sent me you sent me your score prediction on Monday. 41-27 Arkansas. Yeah. Um, um, it's, come, it's come closer, um, and I think it's more to do with COVID than anything else. Mm. And Vegas steering me in that direction mm-hmm. a little bit as well um but i'm still at like 31 28 arkansas yeah that's um that's a fair score i feel <laughs> gross about it i feel terrible about it yeah but is that what's going on the board this week or no i think it's going to go on the board tomorrow Ooh. i think i'm going to do is two that the first time you've picked against lsu on the board uh yeah because we were 15 and 0 last year against Arkansas. All right, so what I'm going to do on the board at work, this is our board at work by the way. So everybody gets a chance to like walk by in the hallway and write down their score. I'm going to do one side that's going to say LSU must win prediction and I will give that. Uh, and then I'm going to give my real prediction on the uh, other side. Okay. That's the only thing <laughs> the only way I can do it. Um all right, so we want to talk about the last five games Wait, of the so season. Wait, Jerry Beckwith said 28 to 10 if we lose. Yeah, so but, but 34 to 27. When he started, he was going to pick Arkansas. So. 34-27 LSU yes. if we has to pick LSU to win and then 28-10. Yikes. Gross. Hey, can we just talk about all right, if we so lost bad. 28 to 10 like to Arkansas. Sure. What the 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 hellstorm that would be coming towards Baton Rouge on Monday or Sunday. Like, how bad it would be for this program. You're stuck. Did you freeze there for a second? Jeez. Your head just blew I up. I just, like, I don't know. You're I literally, your head. I would just be on Tiger Droppings all week reading the hottest of takes, and it would just be a great time. 
Saucy. Uh, that's where we get all of our salt. Mm-hmm. Hey, look at me. Tiger droppings. That's where it's all at. It, when people tell you they get sources, they're fucking on tiger droppings. Trust me. Yeah. Um, all right. So last five games of the season, if we get all five in. Okay. So we got Arkansas. Uh, is it Ole Miss next? No, A&M. At A&M next. A&M next. That's right. At A&M. Um, then Ole Miss, Ole Miss and then then Florida, but it's looking like it's going to be Arkansas, A&M, Alabama, Florida, Ole Miss. Okay. So Florida be the last, I mean, Ole Miss be the last game on the day of the SEC championship. Okay. So five games, Arkansas, Ole Miss, A&M, Florida, Bama. What, what is your record for the last five games? I got, I got one and four. I think we I think we get one of the Arkansas actually I don't know where we get the win. Honestly, no clue. It could be at A and M. It could um, be. I'm at just one like a weird like we're going to college station. Last time we were there we, it was the seven overtime game. Like maybe we get pissed off and win the game. I don't know. And I'm like at one Jimbo and four as well. Stuff. I'm at one and four as well. And I think the only way that we get the one is from Arkansas. Okay. Um, I don't think we beat I, – I, I, I'm I with you a little bit. I think the A&M game's not going to be – it's not going to be a blowout or anything, but mm-hmm. I think they take it just because of the momentum that they have right now. Alabama and our and guys Florida probably checked out. Our national championship contenders. Yeah, that ain't happening. And they're going to just obliterate us. Uh, Ole Miss could score 50, 60 points on us easily. Um, yeah. And we would have to score yeah. 60 points to win the game. <laughs> yeah, we really would. Yeah. It, it, I, I just don't trust – I trust them to score more than we do, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, one and four, yeah, and I see the season – One and four, I could see I could see two and three. Three and seven in the season. Man, that's, that's rough, bro. That's so bad. Jeez. Um, uh, I mean, what – let's say – like, let's just go hypothetical here. Let's say we go three and two somehow. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say that's best case scenario. Sure. Um, like the absolute, and there's no way you win Bama, Florida. The other three may be winnable. Right. Um, let's say you go three and two, you finish five and five. I think that's great. That's phenomenal. Finish. I think this is the best you can do. That is amazing to fi- to finish like that. Let's say, how about this? Let's say the Bama game doesn't get played. And you and go it's three, five and four. three and one, you go five and four. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, you Talk finish about with a winning record. Yeah, wouldn't that be better for the perception of LSU football? Yeah, absolutely. Than to get beat. Than to lose by 50 points 50 to, to Alabama. 14 to I, Alabama. I mean, that's just, I don't understand why this is even in debate. Yeah, to me, th- to me the Alabama debate was more about I'm a, I'm a big like all right like okay if the, the program's in a free fall right now yeah let's just call it like it is yeah the, pro, the program's in a free fall do we need to lose by fifty points to Alabama right now for experience purposes no or, or I think it's a for, more of a negative than anything purposes. I think it's a negative all the way around for the program and it's a spotlight to show how bad you are right now and you're actually going to lose recruits maybe not this year but maybe next year because of that game. Yeah, um, I think those are the things that you got to start thinking about as far as like, all right, is this necessary? Like, I, I think what people are like thinking is like, 
that players shouldn't think that. And I agree. If you're a player and you're not one to play against Absolutely. Alabama, you're a big pussy. But the whole but fan thing. Like, I don't have to. I'm not on the team. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. This goes out to a couple of people. It, fans don't decide the games. Right. And I'm not sure if I need to clarify that or not. But, like, you can have opinions and you can have critiques about the team yeah. and still be a fan of the team. Right. First of all. But second of all, you don't have to always be positive in uh, puppy dog, you know, in ice cream yeah. to this team. Like, are they that soft? Uh, you like Look, to call I, you like to call LSU fans soft, right? But are the players that soft? Yeah. Uh, why don't you start calling them out? Right. And I mean, like, I, maybe the worry is that like they're worried that the players will see that people like us say they, stuff like that and then that they'll let that get in their I think head. we're talking about But if they're that soft then like that's I think their we're talking problem. about LSU fans on Twitter at this point. Yeah, no we They are. think that LSU players and LSU recruits are living and dying by what the fans say. Right. And, and that's ridiculous. That's not true. If that was true, we would not have a top 3 recruiting class in the country right now. No, and um all, if you really want to talk about, I've, I even t- I sent this to um, Tim in Hong Kong, uh-huh. my friend Tim in Hong Kong, who's an LSU fan, but he's he's miles away. Obviously, mm-hmm. he said the same thing I thought, which was, oh, if they if they want to be negatively impacted, all they have to do is turn on the film exactly. and watch the Auburn exactly. game. Exactly, absolutely, right. Um, it's it's kind of a joke, and like I'm gonna continue to to laugh at people that say that kind of yeah. stuff because I think it's retarded. Yeah, I agree. Um, anyway, so I'm off our, our off our soapbox here. <laughs> um, all right, guys, go to one team one podcast.com. You can see in both corners of the screen right here. We have social media, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, and then it's also that one with, like the dots and stuff. That is Stitcher. Stitcher. So, all right, we're on um, Spotify, (laughs) Apple, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. So anywhere that you can pretty much uh, listen to a podcast, we are going to be there. Thank you, Jack. Um, (laughs) We appreciate Derry Beckwith for coming out here. Um, Check out One Team, One Podcast for all of our episodes, but you can also check out our shop page as well. Uh, we have T-shirts on there. We have all kinds of stuff, masks, anything you want, uh, some fun LSU gear. Uh, and then you also go check out the blog, right? Are you still posting stuff for the blog or no? Yeah, I, I've been slacking on the blog oh, the last Jesus, few weeks. Oh, Jesus, here we go. I don't know if anyone even reads it. These but goddamn <laughs> college kids slacking. Yeah, no, I've been slacking. Uh, but we haven't had any games, so I just mm-hmm. haven't. We haven't had any games. I think we, we we just lost by forty, and you know I've just I haven't been feeling. It. And we got breaking news. Breaking uh, news. Sharif O'Neal is oh, yeah. uh, immediately eligible for the LSU basketball team. Yeah. I posted it before we got in here um, a little oh, while did. ago too, though. But um, so he's immediately eligible for LSU basketball. I think we're now waiting on Josh LeBlanc. That's surprising that Josh LeBlanc hasn't been. I'm because Josh LeBlanc got here before Sharif my, did. My um my prediction on this a long time ago was that everybody was going to be immediately eligible yeah, this I year. I just but we are we're playing in a week from now. Yeah, our first I'm, game is a week from today. I'm pretty sure they're they're counting what's, on this. What's taking so long? On the NCAA. Josh, Josh LeBlanc was on the team last year. The NCAA is a bunch of douchebags, bro. Are. They really um, are. 
Yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. But uh, we're getting geared up for LSU basketball. We're going to call Coach Brady in here soon, too. So hopefully next week. Maybe we'll just schedule that for next week. Coach Brady, uh, either on Zoom or here, wherever we need to do it. We we, we Um, do this on Wednesdays. First game's next Wednesday. Is it next Wednesday? Mm -hmm. So we probably need to do it on another day then. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what we'll see what time the game is. Yeah. Well, and they're, I don't the think they're doing. Like um, eight, we're good. I don't think they're doing radio for it either. But oh, we they may, aren't. maybe we can call Chris oh, Blair right. too. Yeah, I, that, that's what you were talking about with we John may, Brady. Gotcha. We may be able to do Chris Blair and John Brady. So oh, I'll try to see if we can get that happening too. And maybe so we'll do it on Tuesday then. We appreciate everybody for reaching out and uh, everybody for taking their time out with us. And again, it's one team, one podcast. Logging out. Coronavirus. We showed you what the GOAT was last year when we beat y'all 50 to 7. Relax, you big boy. Team One Podcast? One Team One Podcast? Yeah, they did a good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why is he so fat? Team One Podcast.